So it's Friday night, 6 p.m. You're tuned in to Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live. Hopefully you're on your way home from work or you're already out of work and getting ready to go out for the evening and maybe eat some dinner and see a movie or maybe have a drink or two and do a little dancing. That's always fun, right? We're going to start the show off with a song by the Foo Fighters called Let It Die. Got basically one rule to my show. If you're going to listen, you have to turn it up loud. All right? So it's a good time to do it. It's right about now.
right, that was the Foo Fighters with a song called Let It Die. And I hope that's a good song to open up your Friday night with and start your weekend. One thing for sure, the walls are bouncing down here at the radio station. And uh, believe it or not, there are some people here that actually don't like loud rock and roll music. Can you believe that? You know what I got to say about that? It's a radio station. It's what we do. We play music. That's how we get the word out to get people to listen to the station. Myself, personally, I broadcast on Anchor, Spotify, pretty much all the podcasting platforms. I'm on the BBC. One thing that's odd, though, is I submit my show to iHeartRadio a couple times, and I never hear anything back. But I'll contact them again, and I'll be on iHeartRadio, and that's okay. But like I said, we're streaming live around the world. I have a lot of talented artists that come on the show now and then. I tell people... Join my group, Louie Live, on Facebook. It's a good way to connect with people. It's a good way to showcase your music. If you ever want to come on the radio show with me, just give me a holler. Be more than happy to have you on. Basically, only one rule, though, on the radio is if you're going to play any of your music, it has to be a clean version. No F-bombs. My friend, Vader the Villain. You can check him out on YouTube. He's got a lot of good music. Very talented rapper. But he likes to drop that F-bomb, I'm telling you. And I told him, he says, you got to start coming out with more clean versions of your music. So then we can spread it around. Right? He will. He's a good person to check out. Vader, the villain. So there's so much going on in the world, you don't even know where to start. I like to start with some local issues, blend in with some national issues, worldly issues. You turn on every radio and news station and they're all in cahoots together, the evil media. It's all about impeaching President Donald Trump. I don't believe there's been any time in the history of the United States of America where people from the Democrat Party are so insanely focused on impeaching the President of the United States. I'm telling you right now, folks, if the leading terrorist organizations came up with a list of ways to terrorize the United States. Probably at the top of that list would be to bribe the Democrats and the media to work in unison to find some type of dirt on the President of the United States of America. 
And you would think that having the Democrat Party and the media working together, and I might as well say all the leading terrorist organizations around the world, because I'm sure they want to get in on it, and I'm sure that the Democrat Party and the evil media would be more than happy to have them on board. Hey, you hate the president? We hate the president. Welcome aboard. Let's all work in unison to remove the president of the United States of America from office. The proof is in the pudding, folks. Look all around you. From the minute you turn on your TV in the morning till the minute you go to bed at night. And you would think, as I said, this would have an effect on the economy. It would have an effect on the job market. It would have an effect on the gross national product. But it does have an effect. It has a positive effect. Unemployment is the lowest it's ever been in the history of the United States of America. Whether it's white men, black women, Asian people, everybody. Doesn't matter who you are. The unemployment rate right now is about 3.2%. And they say that there are approximately 7 million jobs out there available. So basically, you might as well say unemployment is zero. Why would you want to impeach a president who has given the people of the United States and the people around the world the confidence to start a business, to expand their business, to do trade around the world? Because that's what is going on, folks. No one can deny it. People have faith and confidence in the President of the United States. And that's why businesses are being started, jobs are being created, businesses are expanding on a state or national or worldly level. No one can deny it. That's just a small piece of the pie. A very simple thing. At this time of the year, celebrating the holidays, celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. People are saying Merry Christmas. Whereas during the Obama era, people were not saying Merry Christmas. They were saying Happy Holidays. President Trump would be on television 24-7 if you let him. This is the guy that will stand there for an hour 
taking questions from anybody, whether it's good or bad. He was just over in Europe meeting with representatives from around the world, discussing the UN and how a lot of these countries were not paying their shared dues. The United States has been protecting these countries for years and decades and generations at the expense of the American taxpayers. And President Trump has the decency to confront the American taxpayers saying how you folks have been used and abused for years and decades and generations. And that's going to stop. And he says, these people from around the world are going to start paying their fair share. And he was over in Europe meeting with all of these dignitaries. And they were standing around having a drink or two. And they were talking about President Donald Trump. And they were asking where he was. And the president of France was saying that He's outside talking to the reporters, as he always does. And they're saying how he always has to spend approximately 45 minutes talking to the reporters around the world. I guess they didn't realize their microphones were on. They were talking smack about President Donald Trump. And then one of them is bragging how they show a picture one of the ex-presidents of a European country. And he was standing behind Donald Trump with his fingers cocked as if he was holding a gun to the back of the President of the United States. And he's bragging about it. And to those people, I say, we owe you no respect. We owe you zero aid, relief. We owe you people absolutely nothing. When you're pretending to hold a gun to the back of the President of the United States and you have the audacity to ask us for aid, money, you have the audacity to ask us for protection, I say that we owe these people nothing, folks. And I hope that President Trump, well, he already said to the cameras of the world, he said that the president of France is two-faced. And President Trump got on the plane and left Europe. And I say more power to you, President Trump. We don't need a president like Obama was going around the world apologizing for the United States of America. We just don't need it. 
And thank God Obama is gone. Obama, the guy that went around for eight years talking about climate change, the world's coming to an end in 12 years. So what does he do? He goes and buys a house on the beach in Martha's Vineyard. Approximately $15 million. So how can anyone who's talking about global warming, the ice caps melting, the seas rising, the shorelines being flooded, how can anyone that goes around preaching all of that gloom and doom go and buy a $15 million mansion on the beach at Martha's Vineyard? Is because... He never believed anything that he was telling us. I would say so, wouldn't you? And that's how we're starting off the show today, folks. And we're going to go to a song here. Let's see. Who do you want to listen to? There's so much going on. about a little seether. Sometimes we have a glitch with the system here. I'm operating off of an iMac and I'm not particularly fond of iMacs. I'm working on it though, but uh, we'll work through it. And I'll be playing a song here in about a second. If not, we'll just jump right back to some news. All right, so here we go. Got the kinks out. And this song is by Seether, and it's called Driven Under. Once again, you're listening to Louie Live. I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live.
was Seether with a song called Driven Under. So I saw this article right here. It says alleged Christmas tree thieves arrested after police chase around Houston parking lot. I thought it was pretty interesting. Maybe you saw it too, right? says uh, two people were arrested within just a few minutes after they allegedly helped themselves to two Christmas trees in a parking lot of a Houston grocery store. Epifiano Hernandez and Vivian Montemayor were arrested for theft after they allegedly tried to get away with two large Christmas trees without paying for them. Police say... Epifiano Hernandez and Vivian Montemayor put two large Christmas trees in their truck Saturday afternoon at a Kroger's in Houston, then tried to get away without paying for them. It was crazy. We just didn't know what to do, said Henry Woolley, the Christmas tree salesman. Fortunately for Woolley, Houston police responded quickly. They pursued the two suspects for a few minutes in a chase that reached just 25 miles per hour. They went around a parking lot, came back, went around a parking lot, came back. Eventually, they stopped, and that was it, Woolley said. Mary Williams said, The Salvation Army was just a few feet away during the alleged crime. I actually saw them running just on a high-speed chase with a tree on the truck, she said. I don't think it was funny. It was very sad, she said. Both suspects were arrested for theft, and no one was hurt during the incident. Hallelujah. So, sounds kind of messed up. They throw a couple Christmas trees in the back of their pick-em-up truck. Start hightailing it out of there. They said the police were close by. They must have been really close, like as in the parking lot, because they said they pursued them on a high-speed chase of approximately 25 miles an hour. Can you imagine that, folks? You could have passed them on a bicycle, especially those electric bikes they have all over the place now. And then they came to a stop, and they arrested them. Sounds to me like they never get out of the parking lot. Kind of odd, don't you think? They must have uh, like kind of sat there and waited for the police to show up. 
or maybe the police were sitting in the parking lot eating their lunch or something. Who knows? But it's a good thing nobody got hurt. It's too bad that people getting arrested for stealing a couple of Christmas trees. It is the Christmas season. Oh, well, if you're going to do the crime, you have to do the time, right? Isn't that the saying? So this article right here, it says a blind inmate is executed in Tennessee for a woman's 1991 killing. Imagine that. Kills this woman April 17th of 1991. And finally, the guy's been on death row. And finally, justice is done. So it says, a prisoner convicted of killing his estranged girlfriend by setting her car on fire was put to death this past Thursday in Tennessee's electric chair, becoming only the second inmate without sight to be executed in the United States since the reinstatement of the nation's death penalty in 1976. Well, he wasn't blind when he did the crime, folks. He wasn't blind in prison. It was only recently that he went blind. It doesn't even say if he was all the way blind. But court documents state that Hall killed Tracy Crozier, 22, on April 17, 1991, by setting her car ablaze with a container of gasoline that he lit and tossed into her vehicle while she was inside and trying to leave him. So she's trying to drive away from this guy. He has a container of gasoline, lights it on fire, and apparently the window was down and he threw it into the car with her lit the car on fire. And this poor woman, she burned to death. It says the container exploded and Crozier suffered burns across more than 90% of her body. And she died the next day in the hospital. Well, folks, this guy's nothing but a vicious piece of evil. Or he was. And justice finally caught up with him the other day. It's just a shame that it took approximately 30 years for it to catch up with him. And he was living in a prison on death row with a nice comfortable bed to sleep in, with warm blankets, three meals a day, medical, free dental. I'm sure he got free education, as they all do. Sit around, watch television all day, and eat good food at our taxpayers' expense. Because this animal lit a container of gasoline and threw it in this woman's car, his ex-girlfriend, and she burned to death. What a horrific death, wouldn't you say? People like this, in my opinion, folks, they should be executed right on the spot. Bring them to the police station, put them in front of a firing squad, hang them. Do whatever you want to do to them. As far as I'm concerned, when somebody is this evil, maybe they should have like an execution squad in the prison. You could go to some of the most vicious inmates and say, here you go, folks. Do your thing. I got a job for you. Do you need anything? Do you need a container of gasoline, for instance? Sort of like an eye for an eye situation. And that's what I would do. People like that don't deserve 
a trial. They don't deserve a free lawyer. They don't deserve to waste court time. So this guy, Lee Hall, 53 years old, was pronounced dead at 7.26 p.m. at a Nashville maximum security prison. He chose the electric chair over Tennessee's preferred execution method of lethal injection. So see that? He preferred to die by electrocution other than having a nice, calm, lethal injection. Well, hopefully people are out there listening. And if they think of doing something horrific like that, maybe they'll consider the consequences of being given the choice of dying by lethal injection or electrocution. So where do we go from there? I saw this article. It says Instagram will ask new users for their age. Some people don't like reveling their age. But if you think you're signing up for Instagram, you'll have to give it up. You will have to reveal your age. And they're talking about particularly people starting at the age of 13. Personally, I don't really think that young folks like that should be on Instagram. What is the purpose? They have so much homework to do at home. They don't really need to be hanging out on Instagram. A lot of these stories you read about in the news are kids bullying one another on Instagram or Facebook. Pretty much any type of social media when they're not at school bullying your kid. Why give them additional platforms to bully one another? You really want them to see the effects of bullying? Turn on the television. Because if you've ever wondered what happened to this bully that was in school with you, they probably grew up and got involved in politics, especially the Democrat Party, because these people are like bullies to the max. I hope people realize that when they watch it. This professor, Ivy League professor, was at the impeachment hearings the other day. I don't know if anybody saw her. But she started talking about Donald Trump's 13-year-old son, Barron. And then when she realized that people weren't going to accept an Ivy League professor or anyone else for that matter to be bullying a 13-year-old boy regardless of who his parents are. This woman did some quick backpedaling and apologized proficiently. But if you watched her apology, it wasn't a heartfelt apology. It was a CYA apology. And then she jumped right around and spun it, saying how Donald Trump should apologize for many things. 
This woman, folks, is a raving lunatic. The Democrats are relying on her testimony to impeach the President of the United States for absolutely no reason whatsoever. And this woman even said to the cameras of the world that whenever she walks down the street and comes to a building that has President Trump's name on it, she is so repulsed that she has to walk across the street on the other side of the sidewalk or just not even go down that street at all because she is so repulsed. Now that is telling us, anybody with a lick of common sense, that this woman has some deep, deep issues. And she needs some psychiatric help. Doesn't take a rocket science to figure that one out, folks. And this is who the Democrats are relying on to attempt to impeach the President of the United States of America. Crazy, huh? This article about Instagram, it says, some people don't like revealing their age, but if you're thinking about signing up for Instagram, you'll have to give it up. It says, from now on, the social media app will ask new users their date of birth. They're not going to actually require any proof of your date of birth, but they're going to ask you. Previously, Instagram users were required to confirm they were age 13 or older when signing up, but they didn't have to provide an exact birth date, as I just said. It's just another thing to cover their butts, folks. That's it. That's all it is. The social media site is doing it to help keep young people safer and enable more age-appropriate experiences overall. Instagram also expects ad targeting to become more accurate as a result of the change. This could be especially important for product categories limited to certain ages, such as alcohol and gambling. Because, you know, God forbid they should ever start sending your 13-year-old all these advertisements about smoking marijuana and how cool it is according to the new marketing strategist. Just put some of this THC stuff in your vape and vape till your lungs blow out and you may well die because that's a proven fact. We see it all over the news. That's what's really bothering people, folks, is they're smoking THC through their vaping machines and it sticks to your lungs and it shuts your lungs down. You have respiratory issues. You very possibly could die. They're not talking about cigarettes and nicotine. These vape machines, in the beginning, you were just inhaling vapors, from what I've read. But, they have to go and start adding ingredients such as nicotine to get you addicted and cause health issues. They don't care about you and me, folks. 
You're just a meal ticket to them. They want to get you addicted to their product, regardless of what age you are. So now, you go on Instagram, you're going to have to say that you're 13 or older. And then they can take that information and sell it to marketing companies. And they will start sending you advertisements according to your age. They say that they won't send you any advertisements or they'll try not to regarding alcohol or drugs, but they will. It's just like when all these people added their name to the do not call list. Remember that? You go to the website, add your name and your phone number, and it's to tell these people, stop calling me. Stop the robocalls. And what happens? Now you're getting more robocalls than you ever did. So, you can't always believe what you read. I don't really like having a landline myself, but my wife does because she talks to a lot of her clients. And sometimes, regardless of what phone carrier you have, you have to like stand in a certain spot of your house to get the best reception. Whereas if you have a landline, it cuts a lot of that out. Your reception is a lot better with a landline. But with landlines, you get a lot more robocalls than you would with your cell phone. So I purchased a phone that blocks all of these robocalls. That's a really nice feature. Ooh, let's see, where are we going to go from there? I've got a lot of articles that I brought with me, and most of the time I don't get a chance to read all of these articles. But a lot of them are pretty interesting. We're going to go to a song in a minute here, but I'll read this one first. I've been saying this for years. I believe that Lake Champlain is a volcano. And the lava underneath it is warming up. And that's why a lot of times Lake Champlain never freezes in the winter. Makes sense, right? That's why the air above the lake is warmer. And when it snows, it melts the snow before it touches the ground. And that's why you don't have a lot of snow around the edge of Lake Champlain. You can have absolutely no snow around the edge of Lake Champlain in Burlington, for instance. But over in South Burlington, they could have six inches of snow. And I believe that's because of the warmer air above the lake. And we're starting to hear that. I've been saying it for... I've been on the airways for about 25 years now or so, and I've been saying it all that time. And now you're starting to see articles such as this one. It says a new supervolcano is brewing under Massachusetts, Vermont, and New Hampshire. It says a new supervolcano is brewing under New England. A huge mass of molten rock is creeping upwards beneath the Massachusetts, Vermont, and New Hampshire and has been gradually making itself known to geologists. The idea that there may be a supervolcano brewing under the nation's northeastern states is something of a surprise. 
Well, like I said, if you've been listening to my show for about 25 years, it hasn't been any surprise, but it's a surprise to these geologists now because it just kind of like snuck up on them. A volcano, a blob of molten lava that's so big it's under three states. Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts. How does something like that sneak up on the geologists, folks? I don't know. I used to always say that I thought Yellowstone National Park with all the geysers come out of it, the hot water springs and whatnot, Old Faithful. I always thought there's got to be something underneath there, don't you think? Like a big volcano that's getting ready to blow. People always used to say I was crazy for thinking that too, for decades. But they started really talking about that over the last decade or so. Can only hope that it doesn't blow up tomorrow. I don't think it will. It's probably going to be another million years. or It's not going to be in my lifetime, I don't believe. But it'll happen. It says, uh, something unexpected has been gradually making itself known to geologists. In the United States, a mass of molten rock is creeping upwards beneath nation's northeastern states, as I had just said. The upwelling we detected is like a hot air balloon and we infer that something is rising up through the deeper part of our planet under New England, says Rutgers University geologist Professor Vadim Levin. Traces of the brooding mass only became evident through a large-scale new seismic study. And that's how it snuck up on them, folks, till they had the technology to realize that there's not a lot of snow around the lake, maybe because the air's warmer. Maybe that explains why the lake hardly ever freezes. Science is similar to common sense, but when you go to college, they strip away your common sense. So, the idea that there may be a super volcano brewing under Massachusetts, Vermont, and New Hampshire is something of a surprise, but in the timescale of Earth's ge- geological processes, this still means tens of millions of years. Like I said, I don't think it is going to happen in my lifetime. It says it will likely take millions of years for the upwelling to get where it's going, Professor Levin explains. The next step is to try to understand how exactly it's happening. Hmm. Could take them another 50 years to decide how that's happening. Could be a lot of things. I've always said that the core of the earth is thousands of degrees in Fahrenheit. It's like molten lava in the core of the earth. And what happens to that? It creates different products like steam maybe oil, which seeps to the planet's surface. And on its way, it creates different products, different types of minerals, gems, gold, rubies, sapphires, 
iron, ore, coal, all types of things. All created from the core of the earth, pushing their way to the surface. It's like I've always said, have you ever watched the Beverly Hillbillies where Uncle Jed's out in the woods shooting at some food and up through the ground comes the bubbling crude, right? It's the song. We're not making it up, folks. Next thing you know, Jed's a millionaire. So the oil is seeping up to the surface on Uncle Jed's property. He's shooting at a rabbit or something and he misses. Bullet goes into the ground. Helps the oil reach what? How far is a bullet going to go into the ground? Maybe like six inches a foot? You know, I don't think that bullet missing the rabbit going, let's say, a foot into the ground is what caused the oil to break to the surface, right? (laughs) But, logically thinking, when you watch the news and they say, They just found a pocket of oil under a certain area in Texas. And from their testing, they've determined that there's approximately 300 million barrels of oil in this deposit underneath a certain part of Texas. Now these barrels are approximately 55 gallons. And you've got about 300 million of them sitting underneath you. What's going to happen if you don't pump out that oil and refine it into gasoline and home heating fuels and whatnot? Natural gases. What's going to happen? It's going to seep its way to the surface. And it's going to infiltrate the groundwater, the rivers, the lakes. So, that's just one oil deposit under the state of Texas in a certain area because there's oil all over Texas and there's oil all over California. You can drive along the coast in California. You see these oil derricks off the coastline just pumping oil continuously out of the ground. And then on the shoreline, you're driving along and you see these derricks just constantly pumping oil out of the ground. My opinion, folks, oil is as common as garbage. It comes from the core of the earth. It's created naturally. You have to wonder too, if you discover an oil deposit let's say in Iran and it's got 3 billion barrels of oil in this deposit and you start pumping it out of the ground you see on the news that people of the world go through who knows a million, two million barrels of oil a day Probably at the least, right? I'm just throwing these figures out there. That's a lot of oil, isn't it? Just coming out of the ground from underneath a certain section in Iran. 
you pump that one billion barrels of oil out of the ground, can you imagine the big hole that's underneath that section of Iran? Don't you think that eventually that would cause tremors? Maybe cause the plates to shift and create earthquakes? Don't you think that would cause maybe a massive collapse in a sinkhole? You're talking about like one billion, 55-gallon barrels of oil that you pumped out of the ground just under a certain area of Iran, as for instance. Or what happens? Maybe that oil just keeps producing, reproducing from the center of the earth. That's why we don't have any of these stories of these massive empty holes where the oil was collapsing. Who knows, right? Things going on in this planet, folks, that we're never going to know about. But like I said, a lot of people think oil, or as they call it, fossil fuels, were created by dinosaur bones. Somehow dinosaurs die and instead of their bones turning to ashes as everything on this planet does, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Some people don't believe that. They believe that these dinosaurs, they died and all of a sudden they're bodies decayed and their bones turned it into fossil fuels or as we call it, oil. Some type of a weird metamorphosis like a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. Some type of a dinosaur metamorphosis where they die and their bones turn into fossil fuels. And they're a big deposit in the ground of one billion barrels under a certain section of Iran, as for instance. I don't believe that for one split second. If you believe in that, then you have to believe in the elephant graveyard. Remember when you were a kid and you grew up watching these shows like Doc Parry? Remember that show? Clarence the cross-eyed lion was on there and it was like a game preserve in Africa where these people oversaw the animals in the wild and took care of them and kind of shepherded them from harm and they would see these elephants they're old and they knew it was their time to die and they would just Go walk off into the jungle. And supposedly they were heading to the African graveyard. A mysterious place that all elephants went to instinctively when it was their time to die. But yet, no man or woman on the face of the earth had ever followed one of those elephants 
to determine the exact location of the elephant graveyard. <laughs> so, folks, if you believe in the elephant graveyard, then it's very well that you could possibly be gullible enough to believe that dinosaurs died and their bones turned into fossil fuels, as you call it, or as I call it, petroleum oil. What about the Lambrea tar pits? Remember, you'd watch these shows about dinosaurs and they're walking along and all of a sudden they fall into the Lambrea tar pits and they're screaming their head off and they're stuck in the tar and they sink and they die. Well, what the heck was that all about? Was that a bunch of dead dinosaurs and their bones turned into tar? I don't think so. It's funny how, like they say, if you keep telling the same lie over and over and over, eventually people are going to start to believe it, right? Oh, well. I think it's time to go to a song, maybe. And then we'll come back and we'll start part two of our podcast, which, like I say, you can go on the internet anywhere's pretty much any podcasting platform. Type in Louie Live, and it's going to bring up this show and a bunch of other shows that I've recorded over approximately almost three years that we've been on the radio now. I believe March will be... The first time that I did a live broadcast over the local airwaves. And I was actually the first person ever to do a live broadcast show on the local airwaves. For about approximately six months before that, we were streaming live around the world. But not on the local airwaves. And I also think I was the first person ever at this station to uh, broadcast over the internet. And it's been going on three years, March will be, that we've been live on the local airways. But like I say, you can uh, go on any search engine, type in Louie Live. It'll most likely bring up one of the places that I podcast at. So we're going to go to a song and we're going to switch over and we'll be back in a minute. So, where do we go from there? Maybe we should jump into a little bit of politics. I saw this article right here. Let's see. Kamala Harris dropped out of the party of running for president, right? She was polling at like 1% anyhow, right? Kurt Wright, Republican Party member for 25 years, been a member of the city council at Burlington, also a legislator 
in Montpelier, Vermont. Right now, he's the president of the Burlington City Council, and he's not running for a re-election. Said he's going to retire from politics for a while. He's the only Republican involved in Burlington City politics. And whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or progressive, libertarian, you know, the state of Vermont is the self-proclaimed most liberal state in the United States of America. But you have to believe in a fair and just system. You have to believe in equality. You would think that holding so many seats on a city council shouldn't be all Democrats and progressives. And now the only Republican is not seeking re-election. And most of the time, the Republicans in the city of Burlington don't even have a horse in the race. They'll have a mayoral election and the Republicans won't launch anybody in the race. So you're telling me that in a city of Burlington, or basically any city in the United States, there isn't one person who doesn't want to get involved and make it a better place to live. You can open up the phone book if any of you even still have a phone book. They still deliver it on your doorstep every year. And most people just toss them in the garbage or recycle them. Because pretty much everybody has a cell phone. And I'm one of the few people that actually has a landline. But you can open up that phone book. And there's probably about 100 pages, I kid you not, of lawyers, right? Just in like the Chittenden County area. About a hundred pages of lawyers. Can you imagine that? And every morning they get dressed and they tell their family and they tell their children, I'm going to walk out that door and I'm going to go out there and do my best to make the world a better place. And if that is too much for you to comprehend, then you can put it in your children's mind that I'm going to go out there and make the state of Vermont a better place to live. Not the whole world. Or not even the state of Vermont. You can tell your family and friends every day when you walk out the door. Or maybe you even work from home. Because a lot of people do that nowadays. You could say, I'm going to make the city of Burlington a better place. And is it? Personally, myself, I'm 60 years old. I'm originally from Barrie. I've been living in Burlington for approximately the last 40 years. And I don't really see any improvements. City of Burlington never really changes. 
There's a lot more people living here now in the area of Chittenden County. Not a lot of jobs have been created. And most of the jobs that have been created have drawn employees from out of state. And what they do, they move into Vermont. There's less housing. Their children go to your children's schools. And now the classrooms are bigger. The teachers are more stressed. The kids are getting less help. What about the streets? Now the streets in the city of Burlington are under the jurisdiction of the legislators in Montpelier. And one of those people was Republican Kurt Wright. But he also wears the hat of the president of the Burlington City Council. Now this has always seemed like a conflict of interest to me. Because the streets in Burlington are the jurisdiction of the legislators in Montpelier. They dish out the money to certain cities as to who's going to get what to repair the streets and the sidewalks and the schools and all aspects of the infrastructure. Does it actually ever go there? Most of the times, no. That's a long story as to where the money goes. Like I've always said, get a copy of your city budget. You're going to see that most of your taxes, over 90%, goes into the salaries and the benefits of the city and government employees. Don't take my word for it. Go get a copy of your city budget. See for yourself. So like I say, Things don't really get better in the city of Burlington. More people move into the area. More potholes in the streets. Schools could be overcrowded. Some of the schools have to close because they don't have enough teachers and staffing. The grocery stores, the registers, the lines are longer at the lines. A lot of stores are relying more now on self-checkout. I don't really see how the city of Burlington has gotten better over the decades. Still have most of the same buildings that are about 100 years old, full of lead paint and asbestos. In my opinion, they should bulldoze the entire city of Burlington and pretty much the entire state of Vermont because pretty much nothing ever happens in the state of Vermont. Sometimes that could be a good thing. But as far as advancement and being a part of the 21st century, you know, just having like basic high-speed internet, right? not a lot to ask for, but there's still a lot of places in Vermont that don't have high-speed internet. Where do all your taxes go? That's the thing.
My neighbor was down the corner from me, purchased his home over 30 years ago. He said from day one, he's been getting them on their case every year. He's been getting on their case at City Hall and asking them to repair his sidewalk. And you know what? It's been over 30 years. His sidewalk's still not repaired. And he always has a Kurt Wright sign on his lawn. Re-elect Kurt Wright for city council. Re-elect Kurt Wright for state representative. And the sidewalk never gets repaired. And I said to him, maybe that's your problem. You're being used. Politicians use people. They come knock on your door and they promise you the world. Oh, I'm going to get right on repairing your sidewalk. And they don't. But while we're talking about this, how about putting my re-election sign on your lawn? I said, maybe you ought to take his signs and give them back to Kurt, right? And start voting for somebody else. Or get involved yourself. So, myself personally, I'm really glad that Kurt Wright is not seeking re-election to local politics. And I hope somebody out there listening that actually does want to make the city of Burlington a better place, somebody that looks at their family and their children and says, I want to make the world a better place. I hope that they're listening. I hope that they actually do get involved. As I was saying in the beginning of this, Kamala Harris ends her Democratic presidential campaign. She told supporters this past Tuesday that she was ending her bid for the Democrat presidential nomination in 2020. I've taken stock and looked at this from every angle and over the last few days have come to one of the hardest decisions of my life, she wrote in a note to supporters. My campaign for president simply doesn't have the financial resources we need to continue. Well, she's gone through approximately $25 million. And they haven't even blown their way through the state of New Hampshire yet. She raised an impressive $12 million in the first three months of her campaign and quickly locked down major endorsements meant to show her dominance in her home state, which offers the biggest delegate hall in the Democratic primary contest. Hmm. And with all of that, she blew through $25 million, supposedly. Who knows, she could have it stashed away in an offshore bank account and never plan on claiming it again. But she went out with a bang on a sour note saying that the American people 
aren't ready for a black female president. Basically saying that all us white folks is a bunch of racists. Because that's all that ever comes out of somebody like that's mouth. You know, the fact is that she was polling really low. At times she wasn't showing in the polls at all. You know, her platform was to legalize prostitution if she becomes president of the United States. Well, you have to look at the statistics. Half of the marriages in the United States end up in divorce. A lot of people are not reliable. When they say they will love you till the end of time, some people have short memories. They don't remember their vows. They get involved with other people or they go looking for people. Half the marriages end up in divorce. So if Kamala Harris were to become president and she's not, she legalizes prostitution. That's not a good thing, folks. A lot of people want to find the love of their life. A lot of people believe in a lifetime commitment. Having children together, purchasing a home, getting a dog. That's the American dream to a lot of people still. But to some people, it isn't. And I think if they legalize prostitution, it might sway some people to just commit adultery. But as I was saying, she says, actually she wanted to uh, create a tax of about $80 trillion also to create Medicare for all. And at least Joe Biden stood on the stage and confronted her in saying that that trillions of dollars are going to come out of the paychecks of every person working in the United States. Use a little bit of common sense as they say. If you were to take the majority of the wealth from the billionaires in the United States, you would only come up with about eight or nine trillion dollars. In all of these proposals, whether it's by Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, some of these people are projecting a Medicare for all plan of upwards to 100 plus trillion dollars. It's not even realistic, folks. I mean, what the heck is the matter with these nut jobs? We have a deficit of $22 trillion. If you were to tax the billionaires 70, 80% like they all claim they would, you would only raise about $9 trillion. You're still about $90 trillion short. 
And to tell people that it will not come out of their paychecks is one of the craziest things that I've ever heard. Anybody with a lick of common sense will realize that it will be the biggest chunk coming out of your paycheck. And if you know anybody that's on Medicare, they don't like it. It doesn't pay for everything. A lot of doctors don't want to accept you if you're on Medicare. And a lot of people have to purchase a supplementary insurance policy to pay for whatever Medicare doesn't pay. That's how lousy it is. And just like when they passed Obamacare, which they didn't read, but Nancy Pelosi said, we have to pass Obamacare before we can read Obamacare and understand what's in it, right? I can't even believe that she said that and everybody went along with it and they signed off on Obamacare. But politicians live like royalty. They pay for nothing. They have the Cadillac insurance plan. They pay for nothing. So what happens after they pass Obamacare? Bernie Sanders and all of his cronies, they voted to exempt themselves from Obamacare. And you can bet your bottom dollar, folks, that if anyone ever passed Medicare for all, Bernie Sanders and his cronies, again, would vote to exempt themselves from Medicare for all, just like they did Obamacare. You have to uh, look in the mirror and say, I'm an adult. I've heard this BS before. We're not buying it. I'm not voting for any of these Democrats. They have done absolutely nothing for me or any of the other citizens of the United States of America in the last three years. I get up in the morning and the proof is right there in my face. I turn on the television and every single station, all they're talking about is impeaching the president, impeaching the president, impeaching the president. When I go to bed at night, every single channel, it's the same thing. And everybody says, shouldn't you be focusing on better health insurance for the people? Creating jobs, creating businesses, working on world trade. But they don't, and they don't care. And all they ever do talk about is the rights that illegal immigrants have. And they all say they will give free medical and dental and housing to illegal immigrants. Free education to illegal immigrants. Can you imagine if our founding fathers were here to this day, folks? And hearing these people such as Nancy Pelosi talking about giving free college education to illegal immigrants. I think they would put all of these people on a plane to anywheres. You believe in socialism? They'd probably send them to Venezuela. Take their passports and exile every one of them. Can you imagine if John F. Kennedy was here today, folks? running for the Democrat nomination in the year 2019 when all of the candidates are socialists, 
slash communists. Can you imagine if John F. Kennedy was here and these people are all on a stage and they're promising you free college education and free Medicare, free everything. I mean, I'm really surprised that one of them hasn't come out and looked in the cameras and promised me a free unicorn. You know what I'm saying? I'm just waiting for it. Am I so crazy to think that? Still got a year. One of these Democrat candidates is going to go on TV and promise me and you a free unicorn. can almost see it. It's coming. <laughs> uh, I tell you, if John F. Kennedy was here and he was standing up on that debate stage and he said, ask not what your country can do for you. Wow, he'd be booed right out of the stadium. Everybody would be heckling him and throwing things at him. Honestly, you know it's true. If John F. Kennedy's platform was, ask not what your country can do for you, but rather what you can do for your country. He would get absolutely no endorsements, no campaign donations. All the other ones would gang up on him and bully him. He would be booed right out of the Democratic Party. And you know I'm right, folks. I'm going to go to another song here. And this one is by George Michaels, and it's called Faith. Once again, you're tuned into Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live, and I hope you're enjoying the show so far.
right, that was George Michaels with a song called Faith. He just passed away a year or so ago. God rest his soul. So, I guess we'll stick with politics for a while. We've got a half hour left to the show. Then my good friend Jerome P. Alamone comes in. The founder of North Star Radio, a.k.a. Peanut. He's a good guy. I like him. Quite a talented rapper, too. Him and his friends. I always encourage everyone to listen to him every Friday from 8 to 10. Sometimes when I'm not here, he fills in for me. So he's on from 6 p.m. till 10 p.m., four hours. I mean, this guy loves being in this booth. I mean, I think he could sleep in here if you let him. <laughs> but like I said, he's got a lot of listeners listening to his show, and uh, he's very talented. And You stick around at 8 o'clock, you'll get to hear him. So let's stick with Trump and his impeachment. He just keeps rolling on every day, working for the American people. That song by George Michael's Faith, you got to have faith. I believe that he does. And a lot of people that voted him into office have faith that he's going to uh, drain the swamp, which is fairly deep. And I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but you see a lot of them are retiring from politics. And I believe the main reason that they're really pushing so hard to impeach President Donald Trump is the fact that Jeffrey Epstein, this guy who was a billionaire, he owned this place in Arizona, in the middle of nowhere, where all these rich, powerful people from around the world would go and have sex with underage children. Is that evil or what? That's evil. That needs to be exposed, folks. And it needs to be prosecuted and put in prison. And all of these powerful people would hang around with this Jeffrey Epstein. And he also had an island in the middle of nowhere. And according to the logbooks, Bill Clinton had visited this island 28 different times where these pedophiles go and have sex with underage children. A lot of pedophiles, I've seen it on 60 Minutes years ago. You could probably go to their archives and research it. But they had a show on once where they went to Thailand, I believe it was. And it's like the pedophile magnet of the world. All of these pedophiles go there and have sex with underage children. You know, these are people, folks, who have no soul. And they should be exposed and prosecuted. And Jeffrey Epstein was in prison. And he was in the process of being prosecuted for running this big sex ring of pedophiles and underage children. And he was on suicide watch 
And for some reason, the two guards that were just feet away from his prison cell, you know, somehow they fell asleep all night. They were usually scheduled to check in on him like every 10 or 15 minutes because he was on suicide watch. But that night, they both mysteriously fell asleep. And from like 6 p.m. till 6 a.m. the next morning, neither one of the guards checked on him, not even once. And according to witnesses, they say that prisoners, other prisoners in that cell block heard screaming from Jeffrey Epstein's cell. And if that isn't weird enough, all of a sudden, none of the cameras were working in that jail cell. Isn't that strange? I'm sure they have some of the highest technology in that prison that tax dollars can pay for. And for the cameras to all of a sudden not be working all night long, and both of the prisoner guards both fall asleep, and sleep all night long and don't check on him once. And the next morning, they discovered Jeffrey Epstein in his room, his cell. They said he had hung himself. Well, it was kind of weird because, like, the day before, they had moved his roommate out of the cell. So all of a sudden, he had no cellmate, None of the cameras were working. Both of the prison guards fell asleep all night and didn't check on him once. And people heard screaming coming out of his jail cell. And when people like that hang themselves, they have to like tie the pillowcase or the bed sheet to the bed frame above them supposedly and around their neck and this kind of ease forward and close their eyes and kind of let the oxygen get cut off slowly. And they have no oxygen and they die. But you don't have these incidents such as like with Jeffrey Epstein where he had several bones broken in his neck. The autopsies say that is a result of somebody strangling him by the neck until he died. But that all got swept under the rug because, like they say, Jeffrey Epstein had a list of thousands of rich and powerful people who frequently visited his pedophile island and his big ranch out in the middle of nowhere in Arizona, I believe it is. They don't want that to become public, folks. So they need a diversion. What could be so diversive to take away from a sex wing of pedophiles other than impeaching the President of the United States? And what's interesting is 
they have these so-called witnesses in front of the Congress, but none of them are witnesses because they experienced no first-hand knowledge except for one person. And he said several times that there was no quid pro quo. He spoke with the president on several occasions and he said, what do you want from these people, the Ukrainians? Numerous times, President Trump said to him, I want nothing. I want nothing. There is no quid pro quo. This gentleman said that numerous times in front of the Congress. And he is the only closest thing they have to a witness who experienced any type of first-hand knowledge. So they bring in these Ivy League professors. And each one of them said right there, they said, what President Trump has done is unconstitutional, goes against his oath of office, and if this is not impeachable, then what is? Well, no one asked them, what did he do that is impeachable? You're not saying. You said that he violated his oath of office, and if this isn't impeachable, what is? Well, tell us what he did. Here, Adam Schiff, for the last three years, the chairman of the Intelligence Committee, who, by the way, Obama appointed all of these pity people to these committees before he left office with the sole intention of going after Donald Trump and removing him from office. And in the meantime, John Kerry's all over the Middle East telling people, don't pay attention to anything that Donald Trump says because we're going to have him removed from office in the near future. Now, I would rip up John Kerry's passport and say, why don't you just stay in Iran till you die? Right? Because you're a Benedict Arnold. You don't deserve to live in this great country of ours. So, I'm asking anybody that's listening out there, when these Ivy League professors who so much hate President Trump, as this one woman said, that she is repulsed to walk down the street in front of one of his buildings with his name on it. She usually walks across the street or not even down that street at all. Is this woman biased? filled with anger and hatred because she thought Hillary was going to win the presidential election and she was going to be nominated to the Supreme Court for life and ride on the gravy train at the taxpayer's expense. But it never happened. So now she's all bitter and angry. She hates Donald Trump. And she is saying to the world, he has violated his oath of office and if this isn't impeachable, what is? We need to ask her, what did he do to deserve to be impeached? You tell us.
Adam Schiff has said from day one, he said, I have information. I have proof. I have evidence that Donald Trump colluded with the Russians. And pretty much every day for the last three years, people have asked Adam Schiff, where is this information, this proof, this evidence that you have that proves Donald Trump colluded with the Russians, which is not illegal, right? Obama said on a hot mic that after the elections, you tell Vladimir Putin that I will be able to do more work with him and kiss his butt. Nobody came down on Obama for that. Obama, the Manchurian candidate, Messiah. <laughs> All the roads lead back to Obama. And what the Democrats don't realize is they're really pushing for the impeachment of Donald Trump. They want to do it fast. They want to do it before Christmas. I don't know why. They don't have any witnesses to present in front of Congress or the American people or the people around the world. They have nothing. They have these so-called witnesses, these whistleblowers, you know, this whistleblower who is dating Adam Schiff's daughter, by the way, who has no first-hand knowledge, right? I believe they asked him where he received his knowledge of the phone call that President Trump had with the Ukrainian president. And I believe he said that he read it in the Washington Post. And he didn't like the way Trump conducts his foreign policies. Well, you know, I could say this to him or Nancy Pelosi or Adam Schiff or Mitt Romney, John Kerry, any of them. You weren't elected the president. Donald Trump was elected the president. And he's doing pretty well with foreign policies. And when I see him go over to the United Nations and he tells them that the United States is no longer the world's piggy bank. And you folks who want protection from the United States are going to start paying for it. Because, like he said, the United States is no longer the piggy bank of the world. And when you see these people standing around waiting for him and they're stabbing him in the back, right? And then one guy is standing behind President Trump and they're taking a picture and he's using his hand as to represent a gun like he's shooting the president of the United States in the back, right? This guy would get nothing. You know, President Trump is going to be reelected, and I hope that he makes these leaders life's hell for the next five years. And I'm sure that he will. But the Democrats... 
are hurrying to impeach President Trump. Three leading legal scholars testified this past Wednesday, as I said, in an attempt to have the Ukraine investigation Democrats rival our grounds for impeachment, bolstering the Democrats' case as House Speaker Nancy Pelosi made sure they are prepared for that momentous step. Though no date has been set, the Democrats are charging toward a Christmas time vote on removing the 45th president. It's a starkly partisan undertaking. It's all partisan on the Democrats. Not one Republican is voting for this. And come to find out, some of the Democrats aren't going to be voting for impeachment either. Nancy Pelosi does not have the votes. And even if she does, then it's going to be handed over to the Senate, which is controlled by the Republicans. Mitch McConnell said that if the impeachment process reaches the floor of the Senate, it's going to be dead on arrival. And that's it. It's the end of it. But President Trump, he says he wants a trial in the Senate. And that way the Republicans will be in charge and Adam Schiff will no longer have the right to say who is going to be subpoenaed, who is going to be given testimony under oath in front of the Senate. The Democrats won't have any say because the Republicans run the Senate. And all of these people, they say, are going to be subpoenaed to testify under oath in front of the Senate, such as Adam Schiff. And they're going to ask him, you want to go back to Russian collusion? You said from day one you have evidence that President Trump colluded. Where is it? We want you to lie to the Senate right now. We want to perjure yourself so we can put you in jail where you belong. I would love to see Adam Siff sitting in front of the Senate sweating bullets. And they claim they would have Nancy Pelosi testify. A lot of people don't realize it, but when uh, President Trump was being investigated by Robert Mueller. They don't realize that over the years, Nancy Pelosi had an affair with Robert Mueller. And it was because of that, she was able to push him to opening up the impeachment process. The Russian collusion investigation was just the first stepping stone of the impeachment process. I would love to see it go to the Senate and subpoena all of these people, Joe Biden and his son, Hunter Biden. Let him brag in front of the Senate under oath about how he told the Ukrainians that you are not going to get your aid and you can call Obama if you want to, but you're not going to get your aid because that right there, folks, proves that Obama was in on it. 
Obama gave Joe Biden the permission to blackmail the Ukrainians to put an end of the investigation into his son, Hunter Biden. That's what we need to focus on right there, folks. The fact that Joe Biden had Obama, who was president at the time's permission, to blackmail the Ukrainians, and from what we hear, the Romanians and a lot of other little third world countries. Joe Biden and his son Hunter will be subpoenaed to testify under oath in front of the Senate. But Joe Biden already said that he will not show up and he will not testify. This is a guy that was vice president for eight years talking about fair process. I would subpoena Joe Biden and his son to testify under oath in front of the Senate. And if he doesn't show up, then you put out a warrant for their arrest and you arrest them and you throw them in jail. And then you bring them in front of the Senate in shackles like they do with prisoners. And you make them testify. And you will find out that there is a tipping point where even the craziest people will have to realize that the Obama administration was not without incident, as they claim. I would love to see that. But what people really don't realize is that there's a gentleman named John Durham, right? And he was hired by the Attorney General William Barr come into Washington to investigate the investigators to drain the swamp and people don't realize it that years ago John Durham was brought into the state of Massachusetts because the FBI was very corrupt and they brought him in to investigate the FBI the state of Massachusetts, probably the state police and a lot of other law enforcement agencies. And he did. He investigated them all. A lot of them quit. A lot of them got put in jail for corruption. And William Barr has brought John Durham on board again to clean up the FBI and whatnot in Washington, as he did Massachusetts years ago. And he also gave him the jurisdiction to subpoena people, to create grand juries, to create trials, to prosecute people and put them in prison. And a lot of the Democrats don't realize that when they vote to go ahead with the impeachment process of Donald Trump, they'll vote on it. And it will pass through the House, but then it will go to the Senate. And then it could go under the jurisdiction of the Attorney General William Barr and John Durham. And President Trump won't even have to testify 
They could play it just as dirty as the Democrats did. President Trump had no representation through this whole process. They weren't allowed to bring any of their witnesses forward that the Republicans wanted to and question them. It's all been one-sided. This whole circus has been run by Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff. And I hope that it does go to trial in the Senate. And I hope that Adam Schiff, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, his son Hunter Biden, I hope they subpoena Obama to sit in front of the Senate. Just like Bill Clinton did. Remember that? Bill Clinton, he got subpoenaed to go to the Senate and testify. Then he was impeached. We're going right down that path again, folks. And the Democrats don't realize it. And they're so hell-bent on impeaching Donald Trump so he won't seek a second term. There's even a woman in little old Vermont who from day one really pushed to have President Trump removed from office because she didn't like him. It's basically it. And she was on the news the other night and she's doing her little dance. You know, she's so happy that Trump is going to be going through the impeachment process of the House. Well, tell you something right now, lady. When it gets handed over to the Senate, if the Democrats have the votes, I think you're going to see a lot of the Democrats going down the tubes. And this is the implosion of the Democrat Party. It's going to be all at their own doing. I sat right here from day one. And I said that these people, they're going nowhere, as they always do. They're like a horse with the blinders on. They only see one thing. They have tunnel vision. Impeach President Trump. But like I say, it's just a diversion because these swamp lizards, they don't want the swamp in Washington drained. No, sir, they don't. They're going to fight it every step of the way. And they also have to keep sweeping these pedophile sex rings under the rug. Because if that information ever came out, all of the people that have been visiting these different pedophile locations that were controlled by Jeffrey Epstein would be devastating. See what's going on over in England with Prince Arthur. He was really good friends with Jeffrey Epstein. And now victims are coming forward. And the queen immediately removed him from all of his responsibilities. He 
He's a disgrace to England. It'll come out, folks. It'll come out. <laughs>